There are increasing reports of residents from various communities around the country being attacked by pit bulls. About five months ago, a three-year-old girl was mauled to death by a pit bull in Zwede in Cape Town. Neighbors intervened, but it was too late to save the child. Recently, a six-year-old girl was also mauled to death by a neighbor's pit bull inside the house where they were playing at Marabastat informal settlement in Atridgeville, Twane. The dog allegedly charged towards the four children, and one was unlucky and did not make it out of the yard alive. And then a further incident just last week in Johannesburg. Our SABC colleague Risha Mudare's mother was attacked by a pit bull while taking an afternoon walk in the complex where she lives. She's still recovering from her injuries. To tell that story, Risha joins us on the line. Risha, good morning. Good morning, Udo. Firstly, commiserations on what happened to your mom. How's she doing? She's still in a lot of pain um, and she's not doing very well. The dog bit her right arm and tore her muscles and then dragged her onto the floor and bit her head and dragged her a few, yeah, a few meters down into the complex. So she's not doing too well, but um, yeah, she is recovering. I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, You obviously heard about this from your mom and, and I take it the walk that she takes in the complex is a regular thing. It it just happened to be that this dog was able to charge her this time? Absolutely. Absolutely. So every day she takes her exercise, her morning walk. And um, a lady whose um, daughter owns the dog, she was walking the dog, the mom. And um, the dog, what we assume was not on a leash at the time, um, ran after my mom, um, bit her all over, and my mom had to lie on the floor, pretend to be dead, so that the dog wouldn't attack her anymore. So she, her life was spared because she just played dead. But yeah, with all sure. that blood and all that pain, it's still, you know, it's still traumatizing for her even up until now. Risha, from what your mom explained, and and I'm I'm sort of picturing a scenario here where your mom's walking, the other owner. Uh, with the dog off the leash, they are walking. Was your mom in Mm. the dog's space? Because what you explained now is this dog started running after your mom. Mm -mm. So in the state that they have, they have blocks which your pets are supposed to be behind the gate uh, of your your block. Um, And the, the rest of the residential estate is for people, children, other pets, elderly people who walk. That is a, a gated complex where people walk and run and exercise and cycle. So our question is, um, if, if you're not in control of your dog and the dog does bite a small child, the child could die. And that's our main concern is that what regulations are there that elderly people and vulnerable people don't, don't get bitten and, and killed? So from what you're, you're saying, your regulations or your mom's regulations at that complex would require for the dog not to be in the same space where people are exercising? If the dog is not on a leash and if the owner can't be in control of the dog, then that's a problem. What's your interaction been like with the owner of the dog? What, what have they said to you? Sure. So uh, when I got to the scene while my mom was being taken into the ambulance, the, the owner was very defensive. That's just my point of view. Uh, defending the dog, saying the dog is not vicious. Um, that that's what happened. Um, up until now, she's not phoned my mom to check on her. So definitely defending herself and the dog was what I saw. Since then, have you had any interactions with them? Have they come around to just see how your mom's doing? Um, I know the mom, um, the, the the lady who's who was walking the dog, no, but um, her daughter did try to contact my mom, 
Um, but due to all the legal um, uh, routes that we are going at the moment, we, we're trying to to stay as, you know, um, as the lawyers told us what to do. That's, stay that's stay away, in other words. What, what, what are you guys pursuing, <laughs> if, if you don't mind me asking? So there's two parts to it when it comes to pitbull attacks. There's the, the criminal lawsuit and then there's the civil lawsuit. So we have to go both ways. And then there's also the estate management that we have to look at their rules and how we can obviously change it for to help other people not get hurt. So right. that's the, the route we're going. Yeah. Look, once again, I hope your mom recovers and recovers uh, well and speedily. But thank you very much for telling the story this morning. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, there we go. 19 minutes after six it is. That was SABC colleague Risha Mudare telling us about a mom's ordeal in light of several attacks that we've seen uh, around South Africa by dogs regarded as pit bulls. We thought it only good and proper to have a chat with the Pitbull Federation of South Africa. Linz Rautenbach is their public relations officer. And Linz, I'm hoping we have you on a better line now. Okay, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> there we go. Let's just say our prayers and, and get through this one. You right at the top were explaining that there's a massive difference between uh, a, a, a bona fide pit bull that you have papers for uh, and then some of the dogs that we regard as pit bulls in South Africa. And then you also spoke about the explosion of the breed in South Africa. Perhaps we can pick up there for you just to explain what lies behind this explosion in the breed being kept as pets in South Africa. Well, if we go back to the early 2000s, late 90s, the pit bull was not a dog in every pet home. It was owned by true enthusiasts who loved these dogs, who understood these dogs, and they just weren't in pet homes. And then the Michael Vick case hit in America. And where pit bulls are legal all over the world, their popularity exploded. Mm. Now, this happened in South Africa. And what has ended up happening is these dogs have become too available. There were people who saw a gap in the market with the, with the popularity explosion who started mass breeding them. And this was for profit. Pitbulls rake in money for the rescue community. It does not matter which organization. If there is a pitbull, you can be guaranteed donations. So these people took in dogs, and often dogs with poor temperaments, dogs with really rough backgrounds. They raked in a heap of donations. People adopted these dogs, and these dogs were problems. Mm. So we've gone from having them in exclusively enthusiast homes to this misconception that they're the breed for everybody and every dog can be saved and every dog can be rehabilitated. Now, temperament of your dog is 70% inherited, meaning regardless of how you raise the dog, if a puppy or a dog has come out of parents with poor temperaments, you have 70% chance of a poor temperament. You've got a factor in environment and especially in dogs that have been abused. You can you can actually see where the perfect storm is brewing. Mm. Another thing is there seems to be this misconception that they're these cuddly, harmless, lovable creatures. Lovable creatures, yes, they are. Harmless, not so much in the wrong hands or in irresponsible hands. And as your guest earlier had said, mm. the owner of that dog was off-leash. No pit bull, regardless of how great the dog is, should be off-leash. Lens. If everything that you're saying now, if that is the reality, that people who are not committed to nurturing that dog correctly, 
to keeping that dog correctly are, are owners of pit bulls. Even if, it may, even if it may be uncomfortable for you as pit bull owners who do take on that responsibility, everything you're saying now, in order to keep people safe, should there not be a special licensing program for people who own pit bulls? Can I tell you, Dad, honestly, we wish it would happen. Okay. Um, not just pit bulls, any of your power breeds, your burbles, your German shepherds, your rotties, your staffies, your bull terriers. These, this family of dogs has the potential to kill people, yet they it's easy to own one. For us personally, we really wish there was regulation. We have bylaws in South Africa which state it's not legal to keep a female in heat, yet I can have two pit bulls, breed them and sell them to anybody. You need to be a special kind of owner to own these dogs. They call you. Mm. If the breed doesn't call you, you're not a pit bull person. We do want legislation. We do want where by law you cannot just own them. Or And if you own them, you need to be on a database. Your dog has to be registered. Your property has to be secure. You need to be regulated because, let's face it, we're losing lives here. Mm. Mm. And when does this stop? W- and it's why, not just pit bulls. Why mm. is that not in place? I'm going to be dead honest. What we are seeing here is not a pit bull problem. We are seeing a problem with the system. We've got municipalities who just don't bother to enforce their bylaws. We have maulings and to even get the police to open a case. A couple of months ago, I was contacted by an organization in Zerist who needed us just to provide where in the Animals Matter Amendment Act, the police needed to open the case because the police themselves didn't know how to open the case. Our prosecutors will get a mauling or a fatality and then decline to prosecute. Mm. Why? Why is there no accountability? Why when a rescue organization places a man biter and that dog bites, why is that organization not held accountable? Why as a pit bull owner do I have to be labeled the same as a person whose dog's killed? When does accountability come okay. in? And it is not a pit bull L- problem. Lens, please, please just school all of us here. What is the full might of the law as far as a negligent owner whose dog ends up killing somebody by mauling them? In South Africa? Yeah, yeah. They'd honestly nothing. What do you mean? Because, well, people open a case and if they're lucky, the police will open a case. And then the victims hear nothing afterwards. Or the docket makes it to a prosecutor who declines to prosecute this is where we are or then they say go the civil route we know the cost of, a, of you know the legal costs of and it's unreal where does your average family or your your family staying in an informal settlement get the hundreds of thousands of rands to claim from somebody whose dogs mauled somebody who probably don't have money themselves it is a criminal thing. So who's got we the power? Who's got the power in South Africa to change that? Our government. Which department but specifically? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get a sense here. You know, for us, it's we have the legislature. This needs to go to the top. We need our minister of police to grab these people and say, "Hang on, children are dying, old people are being maimed, people walking their dogs are losing their animals. You guys need to do something." We need the head of the NPA to get their prosecutors to realize it is murder. My dog killing your your child is murder. I know I'm supposed to know what I own. And if I don't know that, well, 
ignorance of the law is not an excuse. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. That was Lynn Stoutenbach, Public Relations Officer of the Pitbull Federation of South Africa.